0: that's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman.
1: And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm your host Art Wiederman. It's it's nice to be with you today. It's a uh, we're just getting into the summer here in Southern California and as you might have heard on the news it's uh it's pretty hot here. I think uh uh Death Valley recorded 128 degrees uh we're recording on June 18th uh, 2021 it was 128 degrees in Death Valley and it's it's pretty warm out here so uh trying to stay uh, hydrated and inside as much as we can, but um, uh, we're also recording podcasts that uh, the weather doesn't stop us from recording podcasts, folks, and uh, I'm going to be talking about a topic uh, on the business side of dentistry today that I really wanted to talk about for a long time, and I found myself uh, a a very, very skilled, articulate dentist. Um, My guest today is going to be Dr. Hardik uh, Chodovadia. Uh, he has, uh, he's a principal partner in a five office group, uh, in, uh, Austin, Texas. And he is, uh, a specialist in working with Invisalign. And we're going to talk about, you know, clear aligners Invisalign, uh, today we're going to talk about the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mostly good, uh, because we have a lot of our clients who work within, uh, with Invisalign have had great success, have built, uh, Great parts of their practices with it. I, I I do need to mention that this is a sponsored program by Invisalign, and uh, but but it's a topic that I've wanted to cover for a long long time, and I've gotten the opportunity to do that. We just covered uh, sleep apnea in a previous uh, episode, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, w- with Doctor how you would get into this if you wanted to, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how does it work with the team, how do you charge. So we're going to kind of give you a how-to to work with Invisalign. We'll get to that in a moment, uh, give you some information like I always do at the beginning of our podcasts. Um, go to our uh, wonderful partner, Decisions in Dentistry. Uh, their website is www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, look at all the great articles. There are over 140 continuing education courses that you can purchase access to, that they update uh, on a monthly basis, uh, at a very low fee. And, uh, you know, their, their advisory board is a who's who of, uh, dentistry. And the, they, uh, I've talked to lots of dentists who said some of their articles were very helpful to our doctors throughout the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic. Uh, if you're looking for a dental CPA, anywhere in the United States, by the way, I am a dental director, at the CPA firm of Eide Bailey. That's E I D E B A I L L Y. And, uh, I am located in Southern California. ide Bailey has offices all over the Western United States. And we at Eide Bailey work with about 800 dentists, uh, again, mostly in the Western United States, but I'm sure there's some East of the Mississippi. If I were to take a look at the list. Um, so if you are interested in working with us, my, my, uh, uh, my, cell num- my cell number. No, I'm not going to give my cell number. I'm going to give you my office number, 657-279-3243. My email is awiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at ibailey.com If you're in other parts of the country and you're looking for a dental-specific CPA, the Academy of Dental CPAs is my mothership. 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent over 10,000 dentists. We're going to have our first meeting with the ADCPA in about Four or five months from now, in mid October, in Miami, and uh, boy, I'm looking forward to seeing all my friends who I have not seen for two years. It's been really, really, we've been missing missing them. Um, We have our dental series that we are doing uh, for six local dental societies in Southern California, Um, and you are welcome to join because the great thing about webinars is it doesn't matter whether you're in Southern California. Or on Mars, you can get a hold of it as long as you got a computer that has Wi-Fi that works. I don't know if there's Wi-Fi on Mars, but I don't know. Maybe I'll ask my guest today. Maybe he knows. We'll find out. But anyway, he's laughing at me now, right? So, uh, But anyway, our dental series, uh, the next uh, edition of our dental series is going to be really special. Wednesday, July 14th from 6 to 8 p.m. California time. My really good friend, Gary Takis, uh, who is well, well known all over the world. Um, he has got the biggest dental podcast. And yes, folks, I must admit his d- dental podcast is bigger than mine. He's been doing it for seven years longer than I have. Uh, Gary is going to be talking about how to reduce your dependency on insurance. And I am so passionate about that. I can't wait for that. And we've got other great guests coming up uh, uh, throughout the end of the year. It's the second Wednesday of every single month. So, we're excited about that. And the last thing I'll tell you before I uh start we start talking to our guest is that again, we're at the, you know, you're going to hear this probably beginning of July. Um for most of you who received your PPP1 loans, um you have 10 months after the end of your 24-week covered period. So you figure out what day you got your loan, probably April or May in 2020, add 24 weeks to that and then add 10 months to that. For most of you, that's going to put you somewhere in the month of August or September of this year. So you have till August or September to file for forgiveness before you have to start making payments. Now, my understanding is, is that even if you don't file for forgiveness in that 10-month period and you start making payments, as long as you meet the requirements of the SBA and the CARES Act and all the rules they've put out, which has made my head explode for 15 months. As long as you meet those rules, if you made two or three payments, they still got to give you all that money back. So, uh, but we're trying to get, we're, we're, we're doing these projects for our doctors, helping them with forgiveness and the employee retention tax credit mostly by, by the end of July. So if you had a 50% or greater reduction in your gross receipts net of patient refunds, probably in the second quarter of 2020, you could, even though you have filed for forgiveness, qualify for tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in employee tax credits. We have in our dental group, I think we're close to one hundred of these that we've done now, not everybody had a fifty percent reduction. Some of our practices are smaller, and the the, the numbers don't make sense um, but uh we have we have generated millions of dollars, and I'm not exaggerating in government, um, government refunds. So if you have, whether you have or have not filed for forgiveness, if you had a 50% or greater reduction in your revenues in the second quarter of 2020 versus 2019, give me a call. I think we can get you some free government money. We do a complimentary analysis to
0: see where you stand. And then if it makes sense, we go forward. Be sure to check out our new iBailey podcast, ebb and flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform.
1: All right folks, well again, when I started in dentistry as a CPA in 1984, that was George Orwell's book, 1984. That's when I started. They got married in 1985, and that's still going really well, 36 years. And I've been a dental CPA 37 years. And, you know, when we started, um, general dentists did what they did, specialists did what they did, and times they have a change. Um, and, and that's the real world, and that's how how it works out there. And one of the things I see in working with the dentists that I work with in our practice here in Tustin. Is many of them have implemented, um, clear aligners and the vast, virtually all of them use Invisalign. Um, and they are all very happy with what they've done. Um, so I want to talk to you today, uh, with my guest about Invisalign, about what does it do? Um, should you implement this into your practice? And if you do, what are all of the, all of the do's and don'ts and the best things and the best practices? So my guest is Dr. Hardik. Chodavadia, he's a partner, as I mentioned earlier, in enamel dentistry, which is the name of his practice. He and his partners have five locations in Austin, Texas, so he's got lots of experience with this. Uh, Dr. Chodavadia went to Penn State University uh, for his undergraduate uh, education and became a dentist in 2014 after attending the University of Texas Health um uh, at, uh, at San Antonio, Sago, Doctor Hardik uh, Chodavadia, Welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management.
2: Thank you uh, so much for having me, Art, and I appreciate the introduction. It makes me sound and feel fancier than I am. I think
1: so. <laughs> so. Well, you're 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 fan You told me you were fancy. You're not allowed on my podcast if you're not fancy, <laughs> right? So, so you guys have five offices um, yes, in, in the Austin area, right? Yes, sir. So I had the experience of going to a, um, uh, to a game. I, I'm, a uh, my fan, my, my, um, my listeners know I'm a USC fan. And for those, those of you in South Carolina, that is not you university of <laughs> South Carolina. That's the university of Southern California Trojans. I'm a, uh, my, my, my alma mater doctor, um, was long beach state university. And again, we uh-huh. haven't had a football team in 30 years. So, uh, I've adopted the, the SC. So I, I flew with my dear friend Dr. Phil Potter and his son Michael who used to be in the band at SC. I flew to Austin. I'd never been uh to Austin. And I sat there with 105,000 of my um of my of my closest friends. And wow, you guys are passionate about football, aren't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh I feel like football is uh, almost like a way of life down here, you know. I I I like to think that like the the happiness of the city almost depends on the success of the football team to a certain degree, um definitely you know half of my family went went to the University of Texas, so definitely the people around me are a lot happier if that football team is doing well
1: well so. my, my my wife's brother went to the University of Texas, one of my best golfing buddies went to the University of texas It's a fantastic school. I get to walk around the campus and uh, i mean but but I'll tell you what when you got when you got the governor of Texas. And Matthew McConaughey up on the big scoreboard doing hook'em horns every five minutes. I didn't think (laughs) we didn't have a chance. And uh, pretty much Mr. Ellinger and his friends wiped the floor with us after about the first 10 minutes of the game. But um, uh, who knows? Hopefully uh, it's a new day, but we'll see how that goes. So uh, as much as I'd like to talk football with you for the next 45 to 60 minutes, (laughs) that's not going to happen. Tell me about your journey. Uh, we, we know you went to school in, uh, in San Antonio, went to Penn State, but um, tell us about your professional journey and how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so specifically, you know, with clear liners, you know, I graduated dental school in 2014. We had some education, um, a university course, which I actually teach um, a little bit um, from a line. Um, that kind of helped us dabble in. And, and, you know, to be fair, I, you know, it was a good course, but at that point, you know, when I was in school, I was more focused on how can I prep a class too than, you know, how I was going to move to right. clear liners. So, uh, maybe, you know, not as much focus, but, um, I, after I graduated at my first associateship, I worked with a big group that did a decent amount of Invisalign. So, um, I didn't do much, but I, I took over a couple of cases from the previous associate. So, you know, and it was, it was good to dabble, but uh, I didn't have as much understanding, um, of, of ortho overall and Invisalign specifically. And they, they we had a couple of really good courses, um, that, that kind of helped me feel a little bit more confident about that. Um, and then we, we ended up, um, after my first year, um, moving to Austin and opening up our first practice. And, um, one thing that I learned really quickly is the patient population that we treat here in Austin is, a lot different than who, what I treated in suburban Dallas. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, mid, the majority of my patients are, you know, 25 to 35, like really, you know, really young, young professionals, a lot of just generally like really healthy stuff where, you know, I was doing tons of crowd and bridge and stuff like that. And that was, you know, significantly less, a lot of early some, you know, operative and stuff like that. But we found quickly that um, there was just a demand for, clear liners you know invisalign was people know brand name um and so there was a demand for it within our practice So it was one of those things where it's like, okay we gotta figure out how to do this because people want it you know um, well,
1: and if you've got if you've got a practice like you're saying you've got 25 to 35 year olds these are when when i'm i'm a little older than you are doctor i'm a, I'm a little older <laughs> than most people that i talk to um, we used to call, uh, those folks, yuppies, young, uh, <laughs> young, I don't remember what that means, but yuppies are young, uh, professionals who are moving up in the world. And, and so yep. these are people that want to look good, that want to, you know, have to make an impression on customers or clients get jobs. So having straight teeth is a big deal, right?
2: Exactly. And, you know, we found that that was again, demand in demand service and people wanted to talk about it. And so that kind of forced us to be like, okay, we need to figure out how to do this. Um, one interesting thing, and it's kind of helped us scale doing Invisalign in our practices, is, you know, obviously the low-hanging fruit is the people that come in to talk to you, about it, right? And they're like, okay, easy. You want to do it? Let's do it. Let's figure out how we can make it happen. But I found the, the, the longer that we've done it, the more cases that we do, my converse- conversation shifts from the easy, which is like, hey, let's have straight, beautiful teeth to more of, you know, the functional and health benefits to aligning those teeth, right? Um, and that, that to me, as also, just like as a dentist, is a much easier conversation to have. And I feel like I'm doing a, a different type of service, um, but definitely, you know, calls to the type of dentistry that I like to do as well. So, um, you know, it took some time and, you know, doing courses and obviously making a ton of mistakes because, um, unfortunately... Um, I'm not particularly risk averse, which I know accountants do not like very much. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> Um,
2: but you know, it took a lot of, you know, a few think times are okay, I need to get it, get, not be as callous, um, nothing bad, right. But, um, kind of be more aware of kind of what I'm doing and really hone in on, you know, what I should do and can do as a GP and shouldn't, if that makes sense.
1: No, and and that's 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 good advice because especially for young dentists listening is, you know, you, you're you're going to get all kinds of opportunities to all do different types of procedures. One of the things I've learned, doctor, as an accountant, is, I do what I know, and sure. I bring in the cavalry when 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 I don't know. So so let let's talk about let's say we have a dentist out there that's been thinking about this, and again, and I say this over and over in my podcast is, you know we're going to give you some good information. This is not a technical course, like going to COIS or Spear or, or going to a you know clinical course, but this is a call to action. If you are interested, we want to give you just kind of a, an impetus to, to look more into it. So if a dentist has got a good practice going on, mm-hmm. um, when should they consider this? I mean, what, 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 what is this for everybody? I would say, I mean, I think everyone has an opportunity,
2: um, you know, that That they can integrate into this prac this into their practice and do reasonably well, um but you, in my opinion, like as someone who's done it both ways, where I've dabbled and really dived into commit to making it a big portion of my practice, you're gonna have a lot more success just like you would with anything else if you really commit to making it a part of your practice um there's some like economics of volume and things like that that really
1: help we'll um' get, in, we'll get into, definitely get definitely into that
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of just you know. I felt like for me, myself, it was a confidence thing, right? Where, um, the more confident that I got, the better I was able to present that. And, you know, it required me to do the cases in the first place to build that confidence, right? And so, um, we, we committed earlier on to being like, Hey, let's make this a part of our practice. Let's, let's try to do it. And then once you get, get it under your belt a little bit, then you can do that. It's a lot tougher if you're dabbling doing a case here, a case there. Um, and you know, we, we found that originally when that's what we were doing, we weren't getting like as much success as I would have liked to.
1: So let's, let's talk to somebody who's thinking about it. They, they've had it right. in their mind. They listen to this podcast. We have thousands of people every week that listen to this podcast and, Oh well, this is great. Maybe this is the kick in the pants. I need to do this. What's the first step. Where, where do they go? Do they, do they go take courses? Do they read a book? Uh, uh, you know, how does this work? well they you probably know, don't just read a book so <laughs> how do they do this there are
2: some good books um actually um i can't remember off the top of my head but where the best place to start so honestly i leaned on um invisline as a company because it's in their best best interest for us to do this right we're the we're their core customer right so right um you have a territory manager probably you as a you know whoever's listening that's in your region that's Main job is to make you successful at doing this, right? And so I am super annoying to my territory managers, but um, I lean on them and I, like have them get me the resources that I need to get better, it, right? And so that's where I would start. Find out who your territory manager is and be like, "Hey, I want to start doing this. Help me. What What should I? What courses can you connect me with locally? Um, and what should I do remotely that that I can to get better?"
1: Do, right. do they so, do, do does invisalign have i mean let's say they sign up on do they have training
2: they do um and i think it's decent um i would personally uh, i would do the online training that the in-person course is okay but um do the online training um you can get certified for it it's like a day um and then it, it gives you the baseline knowledge to sort of get started um you know if you are really wanting to get started there's there's, and I know we we'll probably discuss this later, but Align has a multitude of products, um, which can be confusing. But if you're just wanting to get started, there was a specific direction that I would personally point you towards that kind of streamlines the experience and stops you from making the mistakes mistakes that I did clinically and you know diagnosis wise as well.
1: So what what would what would that be? what what direction would you suggest someone would take?
2: Um, so, Invisalign has a really cool product called Invisalign Go. Um, so streamlined platform that's, in my opinion, designed to create, a, an easier experience for the clinicians that may not have as much experience. And that's typically what I fear a lot of our associates to kind of look towards when they haven't had much experience. Um, it's, it's a product that kind of, it's limited in what you can do with it, which is good. Cause when you can do anything, that's where you can get into
1: some trouble. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, so it limits you um, for certain movements. It's a limited amount of trays. Um, and there are some really, really cool t- tools that Invisalign has that helps you screen patients before you even start talking to them potentially about the treatment as well.
1: So I'm going to let you talk some te- technical dentistry here. And I promise, <laughs> folks, I and, oh he, he's like licking his chops now. He's ready to go. Um, I promise I won't uh, answer you with the internal revenue code sections. I won't do that <laughs> but let, let's talk about doctor, you know, obviously the special specialty procedure that a general dentistry, a general dentist is going to do. So when you look at a case, when you look at a, a patient that wants to straighten their teeth, okay, right. where do you draw the line? In other words, talk, talk to doctors and just say, you know, you've got a lot, you've done hundreds, thousands of these. I don't know how many you've done. Right. Um, where do you, where do you draw the line? What Where, where do you say? I can do this case. And where do you say, no, I need to, I need to refer this to the orthodox.
2: Right. Um, you know, typically if it's a, if there are class one cases, um, those are class one dental. Um, those are ones that I feel like relatively confident that, you know, that's something that I can possibly do. Right. Um, anytime there's class three or class two, that's where I start to have some hesitation because I'm really trying to do cases that are simple. And that I know I can do quickly because that's, a, I mean, it's a part of the whole, like, number one, my psychological health, but also <laughs> profitability as well. Um, right. And so typically if I see a class one case and I'm like, OK, this is potentially something that I can do. Um, we we have scanners in all of our offices, so they have case assessment tools built into the scanners that help, help us give us basically the green light and be like, hey, this is this will be a pretty easy or simple case for you to do. Or this is a case that you may have some trouble with. So sometimes those are tools that we can use to help us kind of discern, even inside of those categories, what cases that I feel would feel comfortable doing. And I used lead heavily on those when I hadn't done many cases to start out with.
1: So so, the, yeah, and these scanners are just absolutely ridiculous as to what they yeah. can do.
2: What's cool is, uh, you know, even if you don't have the scanner, um, there's a photo uploader app that you that'll allow you to take the photos and it'll actually do a case assessment. Just like the scanner will as well. So that's, I don't have a scanner at first. Um, I just use my phone to take the pictures and then it let me know. So, but the scanners are insane. That That's like, if you want to do it. That's the way you want to
1: go. Oh, I mean, they're, 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 they're and you know what's cool about the scanners? Cause I, I, I think I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that we did is I just had a, um, I just had a crown done and um, I had, I mean, I've, I've seen scanners for a long, long time. I've been to uh, the, the conventions, I've seen them all, but, but never in, a real case, which was mine. And, oh my God, it's so impressive to the patient. Oh yeah, This is cutting edge technology. And then they go back and they tell their friends, oh my gosh, they took this and they were able to do the modeling of what my teeth are going to, I mean, you can do that with this, right? You can show the patient what their, um, uh, what, what their case is going to look like when it's all done. And, and then they can tell their friends and, and have you seen that as a good marketing tool? It's huge.
2: You know, um, internal uh, we all know internal referrals are going to always be your best best patient your best source and the, the easiest um way to get patients in your door and when you can you, you have a patient see that that you, you scan their teeth they see that their model and you can do a you know a chair side simulation of before and after you know there's not a there's not really a dollar value you can put on that because number one it breaks down barriers right because i can show you essentially what your teeth are going to look like afterwards and it's like okay well I didn't even know I could do that. Right. <laughs> That's a, right. I have no idea how many times I've heard that when I've shared a patient that and they're like, you know, I had kind of wanted to do that, but I just didn't think it was a thing that we could fix that. And so it's it's a hard to put a price on that. And of course, you know, we the patients have seen that and be like, yeah, my dentist is awesome. He has this crazy machine and like I was <laughs> able to see things and he was able to show me my teeth. And you know, what I usually tell patients, especially with the scanners, like, I like to go over the scanner, use the scanner as an educational tool. It's like, I want you to see what I see, right? Because it helps me explain your teeth to you when we can talk, be on the same level, we're seeing the same things, right? Uh, and that's, that's, again, invaluable, right? That's like ways to build trust. And that's like, you know, that's, as a dentist, that's, that's our number one job is you need to build trust with the patient. So the
1: hardest thing to do. Well, and the other great thing about this is that, I mean, and I've talked to my friends about this who have gone and, and done this and they, it's like, well, well, why do I have to go somewhere else? I want, why can't you do it? You know? And, and, and they know you, they know your team, they trust you. Like you just said, they, you built the trust and, and, and you can do it in your office and they don't have to go anywhere else and anything else. So you know, we talked about you. You were talking about Invisalign Go, and, and um, what what are the other products that a dentist might use uh, with Invisalign?
2: Sure, um, I I can tell you the products we use regularly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we use Invisalign Go um, primarily. I use the comprehensive product. Um, a little bit more freedom to do things. Um, it, there's no restriction on the number of trays. Very little restriction on the type of movements. You know, it's it's kind of a that's your, like, the flagship product, right? Um, and then we have state products like Invisalign Express, which really minor touch-up cases. You're, you're looking at, you know, a few, you know, five to ten trays, right? So really quick treatments, really small things that people, patients want to do, and you can get it done very quickly. And those are the primary products that we use. They have some in-betweens. Invisalign Go, they have, you know, is kind of similar to a product called Invisalign Moderate. And moderate is limited movements, limited number of trays. They haven't, if you see a lot of children, they have Invisalign Teen. Uh, they have this thing called Healthy Start. Like they have a lot of really, really cool things that you can use. For me, um, especially as a group with associates and new doctors and trying to learn those, the primary products, we try to keep it simple. Um, it's typically comprehensive go, or it's
1: depending yeah. on the case. Now talk about, I mean, obviously orthodonture in a lot of people's minds is for kids, right? Uh, but obviously lots of adults have uh, orthodontic work done, like you were saying, 25 to 35 and older. Um, uh, All three of the Wiederman family members have had uh, their teeth straightened. Uh, uh, Yours truly is probably at the age of almost 62, probably not going down that road, I think, but uh, you know. But again, people want this service and, um, uh, you know, especially now it's coming out of the pandemic, they've got, they've got money and stuff like that. So talk about, let's talk about how you market this service. In other words, you've got kids and you've got five offices. So I'm assuming that you do most everything in your offices, right? A lot of stuff.
2: We try to keep as much stuff in house because like you said, um, we found just, just like everyone else, they're like, Hey, why can't you do it? You know, <laughs> right. Um, uh, we've, we've started to bring in certain specialists and things like that. And we found that it's just people feel a lot more comfortable. And there are, you know, there's so many times where I'll refer to a specialist and I have some specialists that we work here with in Austin. And the patients just don't go because they're just like, Well, it's just like a whole thing and I have to go somewhere else. Um, so having that available in house, even if it's at another location we find that there's a lot more follow through with patients.
1: Now, what what about, so so like I say as far as marketing, do you do, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you have a website, you do social media, yep. what everybody does. H- how do you market this service to your patients? Is it, is it who, who's talking to the patient when they come in? You have a new patient, right? And you do an right. assessment and uh, they need a couple of crowns. They need, um, uh, you know, some whitening, whatever it's going to be. And then are you talking to them about this uh, at the first visit, second visit? How do you how do you approach the patient, especially the new patient? How does that work?
2: Right. Um, so you know, it all it starts from the beginning, right? Like if ultimately if we want to be successful, like the whole team has to kind of be involved in kind of thinking about this throughout the patient's journey. Um, you know, and it starts with the paperwork. So our our paperwork has a lot of question dental questions to kind of for to help us kind of guide what that first appointment is going to be look like so they'll ask them if you know we want to gauge interest if they are interested if in straightening their teeth they have the crooked teeth they're they're interested in they have issues with their bite and things like that so then mentally for us like my assistants our hygienists and, my, and, and clinicians or dentists um, can kind of you can prime how you're going to have a conversation with that patient if there's something specifically they've mentioned right if they've mentioned that, then the opening for that is very easy, right? Because they are like already kind of thinking about right.
1: that. They, they've teed um, you up.
2: Exactly. And that's, you know, any everyone can do that. The the, the tougher ones are, are the ones where, you know, you see the benefit, right? I think the statistic is like 60% of your patients have some level of malocclusion that they could benefit from clear liners. Right now, that's like an Invisalign stat, right? So that's supposed to, you know, hype us up and see, make us, well, you know, sure. we can do it on everybody, right? Uh, but that, that opportunity exists, but opening that conversation is tough, right? Um And the last thing, you know, all of us dentists, we don't want to be salesy, right? Like, that's like the main thing. We never want to feel like we're pushing things on to people. Uh, and so it's just, you know, it starts with a conversation about health, right? And typically, you know, when they, the assistant is talking to them, they may notice like, hey, I see you have a bit of crowding here. Is that something that you've, you, you know, you've thought about or, you know, you know, think thought about correcting? Um, or the hygienist will talk about it while they're doing their cleaning. And then a lot of the conversation, um, you know, if there's crowding or, you know, adjustments to their bite that can help the long-term health, I always frame it in the idea that's like, Hey, I, my goal is to have to do as little dentistry as possible. Right. And then, you know, clear liners could potentially be a part of that. If we can align your teeth and your bite, that gives your, your teeth a better long-term prognosis to limit the amount of work that I have to do. And that's, that's, and that's, I feel like speaks to a lot of people.
1: I want I want to take a minute. So, doctor, I, again, you 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 work a lot with this company with Invisalign. If somebody has a question and they want to talk dentist to dentist, can they email you? Can they call you? How how would they get a hold of you if they had any questions?
2: Um yeah, email me. Um or message me on Instagram.
1: <laughs> okay, what's your what's your handle on Instagram?
2: It's just H A R, the first three letters of my first name H A R C H O as an ostrich. So. Okay. Uh, that's right. Instagram is somehow the easiest way to get in touch with me, and it's it's sad. <laughs> but, uh, emails, yeah, I feel, like
1: they flipped even through, I'm but... on Instagram. My goodness, so there you go. <laughs>
2: there
1: you go. <laughs> Follow me at Arthur Wiederman You'll see gotcha. exciting things like I, yeah, <laughs> uh, like my golf game. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> but um, all right, and then uh, I'll give up. We'll, we'll put the uh, doctor's um, email address. In Uh in the show notes, I'll use the same one that I uh, sent you the invitation for. So let's get into my favorite topic, doctor, which is money. Yes. Okay. Uh, Obviously, you know, all of our dentists, and and, and again, the thing I love about dentists is that when I talk to dentists, very rarely is the topic, how much money can I make? It's always about how can I do the best job for the patient? How can I best improve the quality of life of the patient? And, and, And you're the same way as I'm sure your whole group is. But you know, I'm the CPA on the program, so um, <laughs> I know that there is a cost to buy the trays from Invisalign, and they, I think, they give you a break the more you buy, right? So let's right. start with what does it cost? What does it cost to get started in this thing?
2: Um, I believe, um, and I could be wrong because it's like you said, it's based on volume, so we pay a slightly different levy because we have a high volume, uh, but I know there's some nominal fee to get credential to get started, Um and then per case, I believe if you're under a certain tier, then it's about eighteen hundred
1: dollars. Yeah, right? that sounds about that sounds about right yeah. to me. Eighteen nineteen hundred dollars per yeah. per trade. Is that is that is it the same for an adult as it is for a child? Um, depend depends on the,
2: the the product, right? Right. And so, um, eighteen hundred is a comprehensive. Um, and this is, this is why I, I, I really like go as a product and why we use it a lot is that I believe it's only, it's 1350 for the go, okay. which is a huge difference, you know? Uh,
1: so, and so uh, let's talk about how do we, okay. So, and cause I, I will tell you one of my biggest frustrations is I go, well, you know, I think that, uh, I can't price this at more than 3,500 or $4,000 or they're on a PPO plan. Uh-huh. remember i said i don't like ppo plans um so so to 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 be profitable on this thing uh-huh. i mean wh- where do you think and again i understand that a, a a an invisalign case in austin is different than an invisalign case in iowa is different than an invisalign case in newport beach california or san francisco california but i mean do you have a do you have a multiple you use do you have a like i mean uh, when if someone's getting started, let's let's if they're on a PPO, they're they're unfortunately stuck with whatever the PPO will um right the, the contracted fee. But if we're talking a fee for service situation here, right. What advice can you give to Dennis on how to price this? What do you what is your group look at? I'm not saying you don't have to tell me what your price is, but how right. how do you look at that? Do you look at it at multiple? So what what how do you do that?
2: You know, when we we had when we had uh spread essentially with with um, using Invisalign as as the product, um, we knew that we were trying to scale it, and so um, we were probably priced a little too low. But after scaling and getting the tier discounts, now we're well we're well in a better position than we were. But initially, you know, we were charging kind of. I looked at the market rate. This is where the 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 territory manager helps because they know how much everyone is charging. So I looked. Right. At it and I was like, I don't want to be the most expensive but I don't want to be the cheapest either. I want to be somewhere in between while still, you know, maintaining a good profit margin. And so we looked at that because I really do believe that, you know, the service and quality of stuff we were offering is really good. But I also know that there's some awesome dentists out there. And I'm like, I'm not as good as that guy, you know,
1: We need to send you to a a a confidence course. course.
2: More than him, he's way better than me. So, um, you know, it was maybe a little bit more psychological than than financial. Um, But we still we looked at it. It was like, hey, you know, we have that like eighteen hundred dollar lab fee, and so what? uh, Two times that is what thirty six hundred. Is that math right?
1: Right. Um, Yeah, we're required by law to do math on this podcast. So yes, that is correct.
2: Yep. There you go. And so originally, you know, we were charging about 5500 for our cases, which yeah. was a little bit on the high end for here, especially comparing to some of my colleagues that were really good at charging less. So we dropped our fee close to like around like $5,000, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt, and, and it was at a good point where I was like, you know, we're still it's not the most profitable thing that we're doing by far, you know, um, but there's such a demand for it. And I felt like the volume that we
1: uh, so and 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 you're finding that it has been profitable and it's added uh dollars to your bottom line.
2: Absolutely. Um especially, you know, the more cases you do, you start learn earn certain tiers so you start to get percentages off um those those cases that your case fee, your lab fee. Um but you know, truthfully the bigger advantage was I honestly found myself doing more general dentistry as a result of doing a new plan, right? Because once you're, you know, once we were finishing aligning their teeth, people started talking about it. It's like, well, my teeth are straight, but they've kind of worn down in, di- you know, different places. So can we do some, like, bonding afterwards? Can
1: we do or some veneers bonding? or something, yeah.
2: Exactly. So yeah. We, not everybody, but I was doing a lot more cosmetic dentistry as a result of, um, you know, people doing clear liners afterwards. And also, we were doing a ton of general dentistry for people who wanted to do, were really in a rush to get started with their teeth. So we're like, hey. We got to get you healthy first. And then a normal patient's like, yeah, I'll take my time. But this patient's like, oh, we can do this? Well, let's get this done as soon as possible so I can get started on my case. Well,
1: but here's another thing for right now is um, <laughs> you might have heard we had a pandemic the last 15 months. Right. Uh, all the weddings and bar mitzvahs and graduations have been put off, and now they're starting to reappear. So okay. I'm going to guess, doctor, you probably get patients who go, okay, so my, my daughter who was supposed to get married last year, now she's going to get married this year. And God, I want to look really good. Can we do this you know, relatively soon or quickly? And you get some of that? All the time. You have no idea how
2: many times people like, well, my wedding is in November.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you straighten my teeth in the next six hours?
2: We were at home for the last year. So it could have helped you anytime.
1: Really? Yeah, there you go let's talk about integrating your team into all of this. So, um, I mean, how does it work in a traditional, you get a patient, say they're interested. I mean, how how does it, what, what do you do? What does the team do? Do you do, I mean, is there study models involved or, or they're not, how does that, how does that all work?
2: So, you know, we, we have scanners, um, in, in all of our locations. Um, and so we do things probably a little differently. I know more groups are adopting this, but we scan every every pa- new patient that comes into our office and then we physically go over the scan with them, right? And this is the power in the scanner is that when I, they almost, the patient's almost co diagnose with, right? When I pull up the scan, they're like, hey, what's that thing? You know, there are things that they're seeing that I didn't. Um, and then that helps us have those conversations about, um, you know, bites and, you know, crowding and you know, narrowing of the arch. And it helps our teams talk about it. our hygienists talk about it because then you can level with the patient where you're looking at the same thing instead of, you know, looking face to face and point, having them look in the mirror and look at their teeth, right?
1: Yeah. How How do you, so, so you go ahead and you, you scan their teeth and then you sit down and you show them, you know, what this could look like. And you're basically, I hate to use the word, but we're going to use it, to sell the case. Right. And then they decide to get started, and um how is the talk about how the team is involved um right. hygienist really isn't involved in this at all much at all i don't think
2: um they they are i mean honestly they they tee up to get up
1: uh, Yeah. they talk to the patients, but they're not about it's it's the dental assistant to so when right. they come in for their do they come in for a monthly adjustment is every two weeks every six weeks- how often do they yeah. come in
2: um I see my patients every eight weeks right? every
1: eight weeks, okay eight
2: weeks, their initial visit uh when when they get the the aligners and that first visit a little bit long with me and the assistant, and then I have them come in every eight weeks um and you know real quick, usually five ten minutes, we make sure everything you know trays are fitting well, things are going well, there's no issue don't have any problems and then um that that turnaround is pretty quick um especially once you stack up these kids you start doing too many. Uh, some of these little checks. I used to do six weeks, and I found that it, I, I I I made it eight weeks, but I, because I felt comfortable that the cases were tracking typically pretty well.
1: How, how long does your average case last? I mean, traditionally, you know, ortho cases are two years, but uh, are these shorter or are these? Uh, how do they go?
2: They're definitely shorter. Really? Yeah. And so again, that's that's a that's where limiting and limiting what you're doing and kind of picking the right c- cases and the patients, um, is really key. Um, and a lot of what I'm doing is relapse ortho cases where the orthodontist already did 90% of the work for me before, but the person didn't wear their retainers. Right. So,
1: Oh,
2: so, you know, my job is a little bit easier just kind of coming in and cleaning everything up on the back. So,
1: yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you mean not every one of your patients is 100% compliant with what you recommend that they do? Oh, no. so how do you how do you collect i mean in other words do you i mean again back when the dinosaurs ruled the earth and i started back working with dennis in the 80s the 1980s not the 2080s um uh, you know you would get you know 25 percent down in the balance over two years now obviously your cases aren't lasting two years do most people pay up front is there financing involved How, how do you do this
2: it's a, it's a good mix we do do a quite a quite a bit of financing we use um we use a third party financing group that we really like a lot um that has a pretty good approval rate even with lower credit scores uh that that and and you know for for us you know i'm looking for i don't want to have too much of a crazy ar where i'm chasing down patients that are in tons of payment plans not to say that we don't but we do a lot of third party financing where we get paid up front for a nominal fee um we do offer you know uh in office payment plans over 12 months usually um is where we like to keep them um but sometimes my my team gets mad at me I'm like hey let's just make it happen what do they need? you know
1: <laughs> Exactly just so how has your team i mean i know that you got started in this several years ago but um how does your team react to doing you know doing this work do they are, are they enthusiastic are they you know talking talking up with the patients and what kind of training do we have for them on all of this
2: right i our team gets really excited about it i think partially it's because like you know it has to start with you right um so i get really pumped and then i'm like i'm like we're gonna get this we're gonna talk to this patient with his to get excited and when it happens they're like oh man and you know it's real like they need it and they kind of see how i get excited to talk to the patients about it and I, you know, we talk about it in our morning huddles like that. So we really make it a focus. And I, you know, I did doing Invisalign on our team members as well. Um, so they kind of get the experience. And, you know, when patients talk to them, like, hey, I have it. It's good. You know, they can talk to them about it. Um, and then training wise, again, this is where the territory manager comes in. The territory manager works with our actors, um with, like, presentation. And they can talk about financing um financing partners and things like that. And they can a lot of them are trained to use the scanner, for example. So right. they can help train your team to learn how to scan. Right. Um, you know, there's plenty of, you know, webinars and education that a uh, line align has um that that are designed just for the team themselves, not just me as a doctor as well. So I feel like we get a pretty, pretty good support. Again, I'm annoying and I'm very demanding. (laughs) I think of our territory.
1: You don't seem annoying. You seem nice.
2: uh, But, you know, I feel like it's like, you know, it's it's also they're they're there to support us because, you know, our success is their success. Right. Um, And so I I leverage that relationship. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, if there's a problem, a problem with a product or something, and again, you know, uh, again, all my clients who use this product, who use Invisalign, I, I have, I can't remember the last time someone said to me, "Hey, you know, uh, this is not working." They're not. I mean, they 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 seem to have really they have really good customer service. How's their customer service?
2: Their customer service is great. Um, it's 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 a pretty big network. Um. You know, on the on the back end, they have a support team that if you have any issues, you know, there's obviously a number that you can call and they, they can help you through. Um, I have even had a few situations where there was a case um, that I talked to an orthodontist that they that they work with that kind of talked me through what we needed to do. Um, and then I know I've digged on this before, but their territory managers are, are like base number one. Right. Literally, if I have a problem, I text that I text my territory, the territory manager like, hey. Can you help me with this? And they can point you in the right direction. They might not be
1: able to directly help, but they're in the right direction. No, they're, they're and, and I've heard that their customer service is is really, really good. Uh, any downside to doing this? Anything that a dentist should be concerned or worried about? Because uh, I, I know there are going to be some that are just going to either not have the confidence that they can do it or right. not feel like they should do it or not feel like it's their job, but, but, uh, all the things you and I have just talked about is, is, is you know, it leads me to believe that it's something they should at least look at. Anything to be careful about when you go down this road and start doing this?
2: You know, the the good thing is the the worst thing you can mess up isn't too bad, right? Like if I'm I'm doing endo or something like that, I can mess up and up a lot worse than I can with ortho, um, at least the ortho case that we're doing. I think the biggest, biggest thing for, for me as a GP is make sure, making sure I, I, I know my case selection and right. I, I select those cases appropriately. And then the downside is relatively limited, right? Um, and you have enough support where if something goes wrong, you can. Um, I think the biggest thing is if you want to do this efficiently and profitably, you have to be okay with doing the volume, right? And then, you know, educate yourself appropriately to do that And, Luckily, there are resources on the Align side and elsewhere that um, I find have been a, very, very helpful. I mean, there's Facebook communities and stuff like that are really supportive.
1: Yeah, talk about that for a minute. If somebody wants to learn more about this, I know the territory managers, what you were saying, they should reach out to. But uh, again, uh, the, the younger folks out there who listen to this podcast, and there's a lot of them, uh, they are, uh, you know, again, I joke about the fact the reason I had children. I have two wonderful boys who are uh, almost 27 and 32. And they, uh, you know, like the other young folks in this world, they do a lot on social media. So, um, you said Facebook groups. I mean, what, what, uh, what, what resources are out there for a dentist to, to get some help and answer questions and stuff like that?
2: Um, you know, there's uh, first and foremost, if, if a dentist, young dentist or older dentist, if you, if we really want to, do this well there's there's a group called the aaca so it's american association of clear liners um really awesome super supportive really open group that that has a ton of really great education um and they have they do webinars every wednesday and they're all recorded if you you can watch them all if you're a member and i i found those are extremely extremely helpful and it's a great organization to be a part of if you really want to do clear liners well and learn how to do it in the gp office right um,
1: American Association of Clear Aligners (AACA). I assume they have a website. You could just Google. Yep.
2: Aligners. Yeah, yep, they're awesome. Like that. That's really that group is what gave me the confidence to to do more of it, right? Um, and uh, there's a Facebook group called the Liner Nation that's really, really great too. And it's it's just you know people talking about their cases or issues, things that things that they've had gone wrong, things that have gone you know that have gone well and. Everything in between. So it's again a little, really good community of people on both sides that that help do these clear liner cases in it
1: really well. So I guess the message as we wrap this thing up, Doctor, and thank you so much for your, your expertise and your knowledge on this. I guess as we wrap this up, it's like anything else. You do what you do, you mm-hmm. do what you know. Um there's not a huge is there a huge learning curve to this? I mean Should should the doctor like not sleep for three nights before he or she does their first case or how does that work?
2: No, you know, I think, I I think for me, I'm a just kind of like go for it as long as, and be ready, right? Um, and if you, if you feel ready, there's products that can help you guide you through it. And if you use the appropriate things, um, I feel confident that if you get, go through the certification, um, I think it's something that you can dive into doing without too much heartburn. Um,
1: and and I have lots and lots of dentists that have done that. And as long as you know when to call in the cavalry yep. and when to ask for help, uh, that's really important because I'm sure you have some really good folks in, in Austin that if you need help with something, they'll help you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's the main thing. I feel like
2: I've only been a dentist for seven years and I'll, everything that I've learned, I think the hardest thing the the hardest thing for me to learn, the most important was when to know to ask for help. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> when to know I shouldn't do this and when I should ask for
1: help. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's like with any type of a uh type of a procedure, whether you're a dentist or an accountant or an attorney. E- exactly. Any final comments, Doctor, that you want to make to our listeners who are either they're in it and you know, things they should remember or if they're just considering uh going down this road, what they should be really thinking about?
2: Yeah, um I you know, I think Ultimately, as someone who did very little and now we do quite a bit of clear liners, um, I think the main thing is if, if you want to do it, commit to doing it or commit to learning as much as you can. Um, just like anything else, you know, that life is short. So uh, learn as much as you can and do what you love to do. And I think if it's going to be a part of your practice, I think it can be a really fun. Um, that's a, another key thing. People love doing this stuff. So it can be a really fun thing to do and embrace that.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing is you're going to change people's lives for the better folks. I'm telling you, I, I've been a dental CPA for 37 years. This is about, I'm going to say it again and again and again. Um, this is about, this is not about fixing teeth or straightening teeth or doing root canals. This is about a better life, a better relationship, a better self-esteem. I mean, I guarantee you uh, doctor, you've probably had patients who have come to you after this, and they have said, "You've changed my life I, 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 and you give them the confidence to go out and get that job or, or, or what have you and, and, and do all those things uh, that That's what happens. isn't that? I mean, don't you see that in your practice?
2: Yeah, it's crazy. There's so many you know that we've seen that you know they're nice people, um, you know, people that are afraid to smile that are now smiling to get like new jobs, get a girlfriend, you know all this crazy stuff after just because you know they feel good about themselves right and there's um there's there's hard, it's hard to put a price on that right like you know we we talk about just physical health but mental health is an important thing
1: right, right? oh exactly well if i get a girlfriend i lose half my stuff so that's not going to work very <laughs> well for me plus i don't <laughs> want to um i actually my, my wife does listen to these podcasts and um so i I could be really careful <laughs> i'm just kidding anyway uh Dr. Chodovadia, thank you so much uh, again. If they want to get a hold of you, um, your Instagram tag is h a r c h o.
2: Yep, that's
1: me. And then if they want to email you, uh, what what I don't know if we gave it out earlier. What's your email address?
2: It's uh, it's D R like doctor, and then same thing as my Instagram handle. So D A R D R H A R C at C H O Enamel dentistry.com.
1: Okay. So let let me get that. It's D-R-H-A-R-C-H-O at enamel.com. Okay. Very good. Uh, Dr. Hardik Chodavadia, thank you very, very much for your time. Uh, Hang with me till I uh, take this out. I got some things to say at the end here. Uh, And I think we gave some really good information for those of you who are interested in working with Invisalign. A lot of my dentists do that and uh, it, it can be a great enhancement to your uh, your practice, and especially you know when you talk to the um, the folks in Visalia, I'm sure they can help you with some verbal skills on how to get these patients to understand the benefits of the uh, of the product and the procedure. So again, if you want to get a hold of me, folks in my office in Tustin, I'm at six five seven two seven nine three two four three. You can email me at a a w i e d e r m a n at Ide Bailey, which is E I D E B A I L L Y dot com. Uh, make sure that you go to uh, Decisions and Dentistry's website, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh We will do a complimentary consultation for you um, if you go and click the box on their website and you're interested in a dental CPA. Uh, you can, uh, come to me. You can go to someone at the Academy of dental CPAs, which is 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent over nine, I keep saying nine, we're up to 10,000 dentists. Um, and that's www.adcpa.org. Don't forget to file for your forgiveness for your PPP one loan. If you have, or you haven't, and you had a greater than 50% reduction in your, uh, gross revenues, net of patient refunds. Probably in the second quarter of 2020 compared to 2019, then you've got a great opportunity to get tens of thousands of dollars of free government money, and it's we'll do all the heavy lifting for you. Again, uh, give me a call; we'll be happy to help you with that. And listen to our podcast; we get some great shows coming up down the road. Um, you know, we've we've got uh, one on sleep apnea coming up. We've got uh, uh, some great consultants, we're going to be talking about the new tax laws with uh, what the Biden administration is talking about. If you are thinking about selling a property or a stock or your business, your dental practice, uh, you need to take a look at what the government is looking at. Their uh, current proposal is potentially you know, raising the rate significantly for anybody who sells after the 28th of April. And that doesn't mean that that's what it's going to be, but that's what they're talking about. And so you get, you gotta be watching all of that and in the moves that you make and the tax laws are going to change. They, uh, they, they, they always do. I've been, I've been doing taxes for 45 years and they always change the, the The rules change. They 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 always change them. It depends on who's in office and what agenda and how much money they want to raise and and things like that. So Again, make sure you stay on top of that, and we can help you at ID Bailey. And we can also, uh, the members of ADCPA can help you. And with that, folks, I'm going to sign off for today's episode of The Art of Dental Finance and Management. Remember my five word, um, my five-word motto all through this pandemic: failure is not an option. Work on your business, work on your practice. Find something. If you don't have the passion in your practice, find something to bring you the passion. Uh, maybe what we talked about today. Maybe adding uh, Invisalign procedures to your practice is going to add that passion, get you excited again about dentistry. Uh, I don't know, but um, make sure you do because, folks, what you do as dentists in in this country for the patients, the millions and millions of people. 180,000 members of the American Dental Association. What you do is just amazing work and you you help people, you help them and and you improve the quality of of their lives. And if you don't think you do, talk to some of your colleagues because you really do. So with that, this is Art Wiederman for the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idbailey.com. That's a W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Or you may call art at 657-279-3243.